0: Welcome back to the Integrator podcast which is part of Fantasy Basketball International. This is episode 47 and today I'm going to be handing out some mid-season fantasy basketball awards. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, and as always, this is Noah Rubin, uh, host of the Tank Me Later podcast. Um, You could follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, at NoahRubin22. Um, But let's go ahead and get into handing out some awards, and these are the Tank Me Later mid-season awards. Um, I think that there's like eight awards, um, and I'm doing like kind of like a top three for each one. Some of them are ranked in a specific order. Some of them are just like, three guys that I think deserve recognition for this um, that maybe I'll lean towards one player, but um, not quite as, you know, set in stone on it. Um, and then maybe I'll mention a few other guys that I considered or deserve consideration for this um, or for each individual award. And I tried my best not to have players repeat throughout awards, but some of them were just kind of necessary. Um yeah, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um, for the fantasy MVP so far, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. So the reason that I kind of went with these three guys are, one, SGA is number one in nine-cap value this season. Um, his ADP in both Fantrax and Yahoo Leagues was five, so he outplayed his ADP, which is pretty difficult to do. Um, I think... Kind of the consensus in most drafts that I was in was Jokic 1, Luka and Embiid 2, 3, and then SGA, sometimes Tyrese Halliburton uh, right around there. And then obviously some other guys, you know, Jason Tatum was considered kind of early Steph sometimes when early Giannis goes early. Um, but yeah, the fact that he is the best player in fantasy basketball so far, I think kind of goes into most valuable. It's nine cap value. Um, he's not really weak in any categories. I mean, his negatives on fan tracks are turnovers, and he averages 2.2, 2, which I think compared to most other stars uh, that kind of provide that elite value, um, especially elite scores. They tend to average more than that when it comes to turnovers. Um, and his other ones are threes, which he hits 1.2 per game, so it's not like he's really dragging your threes down. Uh, and rebounds, he's slightly negative. Um, he's averaging 5.5, which is just fine for a guard. So, yeah, she's been the best player in fantasy basketball. So that's why he's on this list for MVP. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, his basketball monster, has him fifth in per-game value. Uh, his Yahoo ADP was 26, and his fan track's ADP was 35. So he's definitely outplaying um, those ADPs, which makes him all the more valuable. And he's a top five player in fantasy basketball. So it's not like he's just shattering his ADP, and he's still just like some average guy. Like he's one of the best players in fantasy. And I think that kind of was expected. that he would be a really good per game player, but the games played was going to be, you know, kind of an issue. It's why he was drafted as late as he was, but he's played 48 games so far. He's only missed a handful of games and that availability is something that just hasn't been there in years. Um, and having Kawhi Leonard on the court as often as he has been is just incredibly valuable uh, for managers, which is why Kawhi's on here. And that also kind of, you know, pertains to Anthony Davis, who I have third. Um, his ADP on Yahoo and Fantrax was twelve, um, so not you know dramatically outplaying his ADP's fourth in per game value, which is still really really good. Um, But it's, again, he's played 52 games so far. He's only missed a handful. Um, He's, you know, questionable or probable ahead of every single game. He's always listed with an injury, but he's been able to play more often than not, Uh, which having Anthony Davis out there is, you know, again, very valuable uh, because that hasn't been the case in years. So um, the other guys that are elite in fantasy value are Embiid, who is, you know, probably not going to play much, he may not play for the rest of the fantasy season. Uh, I would assume that he comes back at some point, but I don't know how much he's going to be able to play even then. Like he'll miss games. He'll have his minutes limited so that he can be ready for the playoffs. Jokic, obviously elite. Um, he was taken first in most drafts, um, and he hasn't been the best player in fantasy. But obviously like still incredibly valuable, whatever. Um Luca's a, another elite player that, you know, if he wasn't drafted third in most leagues or second, then he'd be considered because this is the best fantasy season of his career. Uh, Donovan Mitchell playing outplaying his ADP, guys like that. Um, you know, guys that deserve consideration, but I think SGA, AD, and Kawhi Leonard who, you know, depending on how your league draft like went, like you, there's a scenario in which you have all of those guys in the same team. Um, I think it's kind of unlikely you have SGA and AD, but I know in the mock draft that I did um, with Sports Sportstopia when that was a thing, um, I think I got AD at like 15 or 16 and got clowned on it or got clowned for it on the show. And I was like, hey, like, he's a top five player in fantasy when he's on the court and if he plays 60 games then he's more valuable than you know some of the other guys going in that range and he's not a guy that i was really targeting in many drafts but he was like, like getting it at 16 was great value so sga slipped to like i mean somehow slipped to seven which was probably unlikely an 80 slipped to 17 like both unlikely scenarios but could happen and then you get Kawhi in round three like that would have been ideal. (laughs) I'm sure there is a league out there that has somebody that has SGA AD and Kawhi on the same team without having to trade for them. So um, yeah, top three MVP candidates in fantasy for me. Defensive player of the year. Again, I said, I tried to not repeat players, but I had to here considering um, AD is averaging two and a half blocks and 1.1 steals. Um, and SGA is leading the league in steals at 2.2 and then also averaging almost a block per game, which not many guards can do. I mean, Derek White, I want to say is the only other one without actually, you know, looking through, I, excuse me, Fred Van Vliet's averaging a block per game. But if you go through and watch his blocks, they're not blocks. They're swipe down steals. Um, Harden's averaging 0.9 blocks. Um, Kawhi. But. I think SGA leading the league in steals and AD averaging two and a half blocks along with over a steal per game has them just needing to be repeated up here. But the rookie Victor Wembanyama has to be the most like the defensive player of the year for fantasy basketball. 10 rebounds per game as well. Um, 3.2 blocks is by far the league leader. Also getting 1.1 steals per game. And he's playing 28.4 minutes. If we just look at strictly nine cat value, the only other player that's currently providing top 50 value in nine cat leagues over the course of the season that's playing less minutes than Wemby is Daniel Gafford, whose numbers are inflated by him shooting 68.3% from the floor, uh, 2.2 blocks and a steal. I mean, maybe he's another guy that deserves consideration for this award. Um, But those traditional center stats, and he's only turning it over once per game because he doesn't have the ball much. So, um, yeah, I think Wemby should be the defensive player of the year for fantasy um, because of, you know, I think his 4.3 stocks per game leads the league. And I would, I think off quick math, AD is second with two and a half blocks, so that's 3.6 stocks. Um, with obviously stocks being steals and blocks, just a shortened version of that. And since those are the defensive stats, we're going to put them together. Um, SGA is averaging 3.1 stocks. Um, Gafford's probably up there. If I'm going to do a quick look without trying to mess up my basketball monster settings, and I did. Um, Walker Kessler is averaging 3.3 stocks because he's averaging 2.8 block same thing with uh brooke lopez and chet holmgren um daniel gafford 3.2 sucks so yeah i think that those three guys are the three best at providing defensive stats um and obviously there are some defensive specialists out there that maybe deserve a little bit more consideration but i'm gonna roll with these three so and again try not to repeat but i mean I was not going to do a rookie of the year chart without Victor and on it. Cause that wouldn't make much sense at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's first round value this season as a rookie. Um, I believe cat was the last player to do that. So it's been about a decade. Um, didn't start off quite this dominant, but now he's averaging over the course of the season. 20 and a half points, 10 boards, 3.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 3.2 blocks, 1.6 threes, shooting 46.8% from the floor and turning it over three and a half times per game. Um, the blocks, it's crazy. This might be, I don't want to say it's the fewest blocks he averages per game and over the course of his career, like his worst season, but could we see him average five blocks per game? Yeah. He's averaging 1.1 steals. I don't necessarily see him like dramatically improving on that, but a steal per game for the rest of his career, maybe a steal and a half just from being on the floor more assists. I mean, I could see him getting up to five as a pretty realistic scenario rebounds. I could see him getting to. We'll try and 12 to 13 is a realistic thing just from seeing a minutes bump. But we also have to assume that as he is in the league more and his body gets stronger that he could get close to 15 rebounds per game. I don't think that's impossible considering he's seven, five, points, like, I would almost guarantee that that's the career low for him. Um, 1.63s, I could easily see that going up as well. So, gosh, rookie of the year, but also, as I've said before, like number one player in Dynasty, like, has to be. Um, Chet Holmgren has provided second-round value. Basketball Monster has him 17th and Wemby at 11, so it's not dramatically different. 16.7 points, 7.6 boards, 2.7 assists, 0.7 steals, 2.6 blocks, 1.7 threes, 53.5% from the floor, um, 77.3% from the line. So yes, I also see, you know, could we see 20 and 10 from Chet with three blocks, three and a half blocks, uh, three or four assists, two threes, two and a half threes, very realistic for him. So while Wemby is this generational fantasy player and generational basketball player, generational athlete um, that is going to be, I mean, in contention for the number one spot in fantasy value for the rest of his career. Um, Chet's a guy that I think will be like, this will probably be the only season he doesn't finish as a first rounder. um, And he should be a guy that's around the top five for the rest of his career. So two guys that like, man, like a generational rookie class, even though I know, Chet was drafted the year before. Um, But since this is kind of his rookie class, we'll kind of keep them in the same conversation. But um, yeah, two elite guys right here. And then three, Brandon Miller, who is obviously going under the radar. (laughs) Um, But he's had a phenomenal rookie season um, with Charlotte and has kind of picked up his play recently. Um, Trying to... Find is like season long value, um, one twenty three on Basketball Monster for him as a rookie, um, but I believe that he has been even better recently. Yeah, so past two weeks, second round value, past two months, top hundred, um, which again not easy for rookies to do, and I think he had kind of high expectations that he needed to play well early on, um, and he has done that. I think, you know, because Scoot Henderson went third, it is. And a lot of people were, you know, unsure of that. I think like, why didn't Charlotte just take Scoot and try and figure it out? Um, I think Brandon Miller ended up being the right pick so far. We'll see how it works out long-term, but I I do like the fit. I do like what he's going to bring to them long-term. Um, and I guess the other guy that I really should have probably put more consideration for in here is Derek Lively. I think the reason that I'm going with Brandon Miller over Lively is um, the fact that I, I guess Lively stepped into a starting center role early on. Um, and all he had, not, not that it was easy, I'm not trying to discredit it, but he's shooting 73.6% from the floor and one and averaging one one and a half blocks per game, 7.8 rebounds, not really a, a factor in most other categories, support free throw shooter, the turnovers, sure, those are good, but he is not really having the ball in his hands much. I think what Miller is doing as a rookie on the team that he is playing on is more impressive than what Lively is doing as a rookie on the team that he is playing on. And I think Lively's pretty easily fourth, unless I'm just totally missing somebody, but I don't think I am. Um, and it's close, but I'm going to give the edge to Brandon Miller. Um, because I'm just very impressed with him, and, and I really like what he's going to be long-term. So, yeah, top three right here, um, and I think it's a pretty clear top four. And then some other guys that have played well uh, for stretches, um, such as like a Jaime Jaquez has been solid at times. Uh, Pajemski is another guy that deserves a lot of consideration here. Um, but, yeah, those are the top three that I'm going to stick with here for rookie of the year breakout player of the year. There has been a lot of these guys. Um, This is one that I'm not quite as like set on for sure being top three order. Um, But this is what I'm kind of going with here. Um, And I, and I think it's, you know, guys, you could probably move around a little bit, but Maxi's currently 24th in nine cat leagues was first round value for, you know, a better portion of the, First couple of months of the season, um, I know his, his blocks were a little inflated early on, and those have come down. But his Yahoo ADP was fifty-one, tracks. ADP was fifty-nine. Obviously, thoroughly outplayed uh, both of those and been available for forty-nine games. A couple of the guys were in ahead of him in per-game value, or Lamello's played twenty-two games, and Jimmy Butler, Butler's played thirty-seven. Um, yeah, Maxi is really. Stepped up. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that's listening to this that Tyrese Max is having an awesome season. Um, and I have him now 21st. What did I say? I just did this, um, talked about this on the QA. Uh, 21st in my dynasty rankings. So definitely a guy that has vaulted up those with his play this season. I like think a guy that's going to be really freaking good moving forward. He is their point guard of the future. Um, yeah not much else to say that hasn't already been said but same thing here with jalen johnson not much to say that hasn't already been said he's 41st in nine cap value this season um his yahoo adp was one of three his Fantrax ADP was 155 i had um considered him for late round target which is another award that i'm going to hand out but since i was able to get him here i like i said tried to avoid repeats when i could and since there's other guys there um that's what I did. And then Derek White, ADP was 84 on Yahoo, 89 on fan tracks, and he's currently 35th in nine cap value, which again has like Maxi, has kind of gone down recently. He hasn't been quite as good as he was at the beginning of the season, but still a fantastic season for him considering um you know adding in Drew Holiday was supposed to negatively impact his value, and I think he's just straight up improved as a player. Like it hasn't been what I expected it to be before the Drew Holiday trade where Derek White's going to be the starting point guard. So, yeah, he's going to be really good for fantasy. Um, but he's still been awesome. So I think with these, it's it's three guys that I don't think it was just one season of success for them. I don't think Derek White, you know, is going to be a third rounder for the, for the next few seasons, but – um Having a like they were a breakout player, like Tyrese Maxey is here to stay, Jalen Johnson's here to stay. And I think Derek White, uh, even at not like a late stage of his career, but a later stage than the other two, uh, really broke out this season Um, and is a guy that has been fantastic for Boston, has been fantastic for fantasy. And that's going to continue for the rest of the season, hopefully in the next couple seasons as well. Um the next award is late round target, which is one I just mentioned. Um so Kobe White, Grayson Allen, and Bogdan Bogdanovich are the three guys to consider here. With Kobe White currently ranking 80th in nine cap value, and his Yahoo ADP was 130, and his fan was 149. So I think uh, I remember the early s- or preseason conversation was who's going to be the fifth starter in Chicago alongside Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, Vucevic, and probably Patrick Williams with Alex Caruso as a sixth man. Now, obviously Caruso has been the starter. Uh, Levine has been injured. Williams has been in and out of the lineup. But um, I know me and Zach Hanshu, among other people, were very high on Javon Carter. I really liked uh, what he brought as a defender. And I just kind of assumed, Hey, they don't really need another necessarily another playmaker out there because they have DeMar and Zach Levine that are going to have the ball in their hands. But Kobe white's been fantastic. He is honestly like he has had a breakout season. Like he's here to stay as well. So maybe my criteria, I was saying of breakout target, being a guy that's got long-term success, uh, Kobe white fits that as well. So maybe, maybe scratch the criteria I said to me for that award, but, um, Kobe white. I can actually, let me look at where I have him in dynasty now. Cause I know, I, I think I'm still a little lower on him than, okay. Maybe not. I did bump him up. Uh, I have him 76 to my dynasty rankings and I have Derek white 77 just for reference, but uh, he's been awesome this season. Thoroughly outplayed his ADP. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's Chicago has a point guard for the future. He's been a really good scorer, really good shooter, improved playmaker. Um, Really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season and moving forward in Chicago when they finally pick a lane, uh, for lack of a better term. Grayson Allen, uh, his Yahoo ADP was 130, his Fantrax is 387, which basically means he wasn't really drafted. Um, and then the Yahoo ADPs get kind of iffy because if players go undrafted, then I don't think it really impacts their ADP as much as it does in Fantrax. So um, I'm pretty sure if it's like a 156 players are drafted in a 12 team league with 13 rounds. Then they just get marked with a 157 in their ADP. It could be wrong on that, but it doesn't seem to impact them as much as it does in fan tracks where Grayson Allen's ADP was 387. Um, But he's been 63rd in nine cap value as the fifth starter in Phoenix, which again, a lot of conversations preseason about who's going to be the fifth starter alongside their big three in Nurk. It's been Grayson Allen. points, two and a half threes, 3.9 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 0.8 steals, 51% shooting from the floor, 89.2% from the line, just a very solid player, um, who really most of his value has come from just being a pretty efficient player and the threes, I mean, he's not dominating any, like, like a few categories to make him really impactful, but, um, And the 63rd in nine cat is probably making him out to be a better player than what he has been. But I have him in industry pickup, and it's been great um, as I've tried to stay afloat despite um, not having Joel Embiid and having Jimmy Butler in and out of the lineup, which hasn't been all that fun. But Grayson Allen's been really good for me. Um, and the other guy is Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is 60th in nine-cap value um, with ADPs of 130 and 153 on Yahoo fan tracks. Uh, Sixth man in Atlanta, should be in contention for sixth man of the year at the end of the season. 16.9 points, 3.1 threes, 3.3 boards, 2.8 rebounds, 1.2 steals. Most is his value, again, coming from yeah points, but threes and pretty decent steals numbers. Uh, the field goal percentage isn't great, 43.2%. from the line, but he doesn't shoot a ton. So much like Grayson Allen, uh, bogey hits a ton of threes, and that's what's inflated his value. And I think the reason I have them ranked the way I do, um, despite it actually being inverse of their nine cat ranking this season, I personally just feel like um, Kobe White, I was like, I think other people had him as a late round target. I didn't really have him as a late round target, so it really surprised me that he has been as good as he has been Um, and more so just like more than just fantasy, just been as good as he has been as a basketball player. Um, Grayson Allen, again, like another guy that I wasn't really drafting, which I think is why I I have him on there. Um, But the lack of, I guess, he's been just pretty average across the board, which has inflated his value a little bit, which I value slightly less than what Kobe White has been, um, which is, you know pretty elite for threes and then like pretty like pretty good for assists 5.3 per game um and then Bowie was a guy I would have definitely taken in later rounds um so like that's why I'm not slightly lower on him but being a top 60 guy that's uh it's pretty good waiver wire pickup. these are guys that um either went undrafted or probably went undrafted maybe not in every league um but guys that were probably added off the waiver wire most of their leagues and have been excellent this season. Number one, Vince Williams Jr. was pretty easy. Uh, for me, I was able to pick him up. I'm trying to even think if I got him in a redraft league off the waiver wire. I don't know if I was even able to. But I know I got him off the waiver wire in a dynasty league, which was really great. Um, now I have him long-term because this was a my home dynasty league. He was sitting there on the waiver wire, so. That's great, but his uh, he doesn't have a Fantrax ADP. His Yahoo ADP was 126, so I don't know exactly. That's that's I guess kind of factors into me saying Yahoo ADP is kind of weird, um, and I don't think is as critical of players going undrafted as they may be in Fantrax, where he doesn't have an ADP, Um, because I mean, like I could just tell you right now, like. Brandon Miller was not drafted after Vince Williams in Yahoo leagues, despite him having a different, like a lower Yahoo ADP just wasn't the case. So I'm pretty sure Vince Williams wouldn't draft in like 99% of leagues. Uh, so, but he's been, uh, oh, what is it? The top 50 the past month. And he's been, uh, he's 122 over the course of the season and nine cap value. Again, just a guy that you're just getting off the waiver wire, providing standard league value and providing elite value more recently. Um, Yeah, love his game. Um, Love what he's going to be long-term. Really good piece for them. Probably a league winner, assuming that he uh, doesn't fall victim to Memphis benching players for the rest of the season as they try and tank. So hopefully that doesn't happen with him. But uh, Denny Avdija is another guy. Denny is a guy that I've been kind of out on for a little bit. I just have been, eh, kind of like, you're just kind of taking too long to develop. Uh, liked his game when he first came into the draft, but the pers- first few seasons haven't been great. But his uh Yahoo ADP was 145, Fantrax was 139. Um, and I guess maybe he wasn't quite as undrafted as like a guy like a Vince Williams. Um But he's 126 this season, and he's been better than that recently, I think. Just looking back, um, like remembering how the preseason was, Abdiya was uh, in that clip with Jordan Poole taking some ridiculous shot, and I think he hit it, and you could just see that Abdiya was just mad. And everybody's like, yeah, well, get ready. That's this is what's going to happen this season. Jordan Poole is going to, you know, he's going to have some bad games, but he's going to have some really good games. He's going to shoot it every time. And obviously Jordan Poole hasn't been what everybody expected him to be. Uh, but if D has been really solid, in my opinion, um, much better than I expected him to be. Um, you know, last season was his first top 100 season, or excuse me, top 200 season. And now he's 126th. Um, has had a few really good games recently, obviously went to the all-star break with uh, at least 20 points in four straight games and five out of six, including a 43 point game in the last game before the all-star break. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do after the all-star break. Um, and then DiVincenzo is the other guy currently 85th and nine cat um, 136 ADP on Yahoo, 172 on fan tracks, obviously really been picking up his play recently as they've dealt with some injuries, had some, Really big scoring nights and really big nights from beyond the arc. He's averaging three threes per game of the season, 1.2 steals while playing just 25 minutes. Um, I don't think that the minutes are gonna go up dramatically at this point, like for his season-long minutes. Um, but last two weeks he's played over 40 minutes per game, provides second round value so it's not going to change what it looks like over the course of the season, but certainly the last handful of games have helped his season long value and his, you know, recent value. I mean, he's top 50 over the last two months. So yeah, I think DiVincenzo is a guy that has been really freaking good. um, And definitely a guy that you were fairly certain you're able to get off the waiver wire considering his role with the Knicks was very different early in the season uh, than it has been recently. I mean, he didn't, start he started twice um in november didn't start in october and kind of became a full-time starter i guess uh this is early december so that would have been well i've been after now i guess that would have still been same lineup so i don't think any changes were necessarily made maybe there was an injury there i don't remember specifically what happened to to impact that starting lineup right there but, anyways, he's still been phenomenal. Um, yeah, biggest disappointment. Um, this is an easy list to kind of talk about because, well, I'll pull up ADPs as I'm saying this, but it's going to be harder to pull up quickly on uh, fan, or excuse me on Basketball Monster if I'm not sorting by. Uh, their ADP because they're so low down the rankings, but uh, Jordan Poole's Yahoo ADP was 51 and his fan ADP was 46 and he has been 172 in non-cat leagues. Jordan Poole being a disappointment this season in fantasy is not a a foreign concept uh, to anybody that has been playing fantasy basketball or keeping up with it. I know I've talked about drafting him in round four and then Maxi going two picks later and how that could have totally changed up everything for me in that league in the industry pickup league, but it's what happens. Um, And I don't think that I was alone expecting Jordan pool to be much better this season. I'm sure he expected to be much better this season. He has talked about the, you know, having defenses game plan around him and, you know, having his own team and like, yeah, sure, buddy. But like, you have to actually play well for that to matter. So hopefully this post all-star break will be a good chance for him to bounce back. Um, If not, maybe next season. Either way, um, very disappointing season for him. The other guy, Andrew Wiggins, he was 63rd last year in 9Cat. I know I've given this spiel a million times, but he was top 25 like the first month of last season, and then a bunch of absences, like long-term absences, kind of impacted his play for the rest of the season. But I was like, okay, cool. He's got the offseason to reset. He'll be healthy. This season is going to be great. I was very high on Andrew Wiggins. I was dead wrong. Uh, He's 262 in nine cap value this season, which is actually he's been much improved recently. It was a atrocious start Um, past two weeks. He's actually been a top 100 guy Um, shooting percentages up. He's getting more steals. Um, It's really it It was kind of enough for that to improve. So, yeah, I mean, it's still been very disappointing. Um, even if he is playing a little bit better. But at this point, if you had him, he probably dropped him. So maybe somebody else picked him up off the waiver wire. Overall, I don't think he can do anything for the rest of the season to make this not a disappointing season based on his overall nine cap value. And then Josh giddy being the other guy. As um, I Actually, let me – I messed up my uh, display columns on here to where I could have the ADPs because I can pull up Andrew Wiggins' ADP as well. Um, as I'm pulling up Giddys, but Andrew Wiggins ADP was 94 on Yahoo and 93 on Fantrax. I know I was taking him in the the late 70s, so yeah, very disappointing pick for me. Josh Giddys Yahoo ADP was 62, his Fantrax was 53. Again, a guy that I was taking in was it round. I think around five. So around there. Um, and he's 164 this season. The minutes are down. His play is down. Uh, it's just been just overall, just kind of a bust of a season for him. Um, despite the Thunder playing incredibly well, he just hasn't been, and they haven't been afraid to limit his minutes. They haven't made the change in the starting lineup, but it's still like, he's had a couple of good games here and there, but for the most part, just a disappointing season. And I'm trying to think, did I I don't think I got all of these guys in the same league, but I know I got all of them in different leagues. I'm gonna try and really quickly pull up draft results because in industry pickup, I had I got Jordan Poole at pick 47, and then Andrew Wiggins. Um, this would have been pick 74, and I'm pretty sure I would have taken Giddy if he was available when it was my turn to pick, but he ended up going end of round five. So I would have definitely taken him. uh, So that was pick 60. So I I didn't get him at pick 50, which, yay, saved me. I got DeMar DeRozan instead. Um, But I know I got um, Wiggins and Giddy in the same, like in a different league. So, yeah, these are not just big disappointments. They were big disappointments to me. And then the bounce back player of the year. I wanted to call this a comeback player of the year. I just called it a bounce back player of the year. um, And just based off like a down season last year. And like, it's kind of, it's basically the same thing. Um, Giannis obviously hasn't been like, like, okay, so last season he was 104th in Nine Cat. And this season he's 30th. Now he averaged 31.1 points last year 30.8 this year so that's down 0.73 is last year 0.4 this year that's down 11.8 rebounds last year 11.2 rebounds this year that's down but he's made improvements elsewhere so assists are up from 5.7 to 6.4 um the main thing here is this it's the the steals up from 0.8 to 1.4 blocks up from 0.8 to 1.1 those two things have done wonders for his fantasy value because even with a poor free throw percentage, he's been really good, which is what it was like in previous seasons because the defensive stats were there, that they just weren't there last year. 61.6% from the floor after 55.3% last year. Um, free throws up from 64.5 to 65.3 while taking less. So I think taking less has done more for his value than you know improving his percentage by 08 Um But he's been 30th in 9-cat this season despite the poor free throw shooting. So if he were to get back to like 72% like he was two years ago, then yeah, that value would only continue to go up. And he did have a really good stretch where he was shooting. I don't even remember what he was shooting from the free throw. I mean, he had a couple games in a row where he was just shooting really well. Um, But like a a long-term sample size of him shooting like at least in the 70s. So I don't remember exactly when that was this season, but he had a really good stretch, and it showed his his, uh, nine-cap value. Terry Rozier. Um, So he has been disappointing recently, and that has kind of brought down his value a little bit. But at one point this season, especially with Lamelo out, when he was just kind of getting the chance to kind of shine in Charlotte, he was about a second-round value, like a late second-round value, at least early third. He's down to 52 now, but he was 98 last season after two straight top 40 seasons. His shooting percentage was just kind of bad last year. Kind of struggled without LaMelo there. Um, Shot 41.5% this season. The shooting percentage has been better. But again, it's kind of slipped a little bit recently uh, playing with the Heat. But he had just a really, really good stretch of play for a couple months with the Hornets. Um, And I think that is most of the reason for this to be considered a bounce back player of the year candidate. Um Cause I know I had him last year in a league and it was kind of disappointing because of how good he had been the year before. Um, and then this season up until the trade, I think he was really, really good. And I think if he didn't get traded and he would probably be number one for this award, but um wasn't able to, because the recent play has kind of impacted him a little bit. Colin Sexton. So, 2020 2021 season in Cleveland, he was just outside of the top hundred. Then he had the next season where he didn't start off the season great, but he only ended up playing 11 games. Then he gets traded to Utah, has high expectations, and he just wasn't very good last year. Like he was 239 and nine cap value, played 23.9 minutes per game. This season, um, he's just been better. Points are up from 14.3 to 17.9. Threes are up from one to 1.6. Rebounds are up from 2.2 to 2.6. Assists are up 2.9 to 4.6. Shooting percentage has actually been slightly worse. Free throw percentage has been better. Minutes haven't been all that different. Um, but he's had a, a really good season. Last two months, he's actually averaging 21 points and 5.6 assists. He's been even better recently um, now that he's kind of the starter there. Um, but I just think that his bounce back season deserves a little bit of credit and he's gotten some throughout this season, but um, definitely deserves it to be considered for this considering, I don't know. I was was ready to write him off because of, you know, quotes when he was in Cleveland about his, I guess, lack of basketball IQ um, and how he was playing as a player just wasn't winning basketball. And I think he's kind of reinvented himself in Utah and has really helped him this season. So outside of fantasy, like he's been, much better for fantasy, but even outside of that, I just think it's cool to see him bounce back like that, but that's going to do it for this one. Um, I guess a little bit shorter, but that's totally okay. In my opinion, Um, consumable podcasts are, are great. I don't have to go on for an hour and a half and I need to drill that in my head because I like to sometimes just get on rants and get on tangents, but this was good. Um, Don't know what's happening with this next week. If I'll like what I'm going to talk about, but I really do plan to, get prospect and rookie content out hopefully within the next few weeks. I don't know how extensive it'll be within the next few weeks, but um, over the next two months of the regular season, trying to get some of it out. And then after the regular season ends going harder with it as we prepare for the draft, uh, because that's important for dynasty. And I know this wasn't a dynasty episode, but y'all know dynasty is my thing. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, So hopefully being able to do more of that in the future, but That's going to do it for this episode. As I said at the beginning, you can follow me on Twitter at NoRubin22. You can follow us at at FBI Basketball. Uh, But that's going to do it for this episode, and I will talk to you guys next week. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.